Prepare your heart to receive another powerful message by David Harabedian, recorded live well, at Eagle we're Heart Ministries. Talk about twelve supernatural healing vehicles from God's Word. Where do they come from? They come from God's Word. So we're not talking about supernatural healing vehicles outside of this Word. We're talking about supernatural healing vehicles that come from in the book. Amen? Amen. Now I'm not going to say there's only 12, but we're going to talk about 12 tonight. This comes from a booklet that uh, I had the privilege of writing several years ago. It's online at davidherobedian.com or eagleheartfellowship.org. 12 supernatural healing vehicles from God's Word. A lot of times when people read this book or booklet, then faith comes by hearing. Faith is inspired in the reader or the hearer, and then they connect with God. They connect with God through the healing vehicles in His Word, and healing is released. We often get testimonies of when people watch the videos online, or when they listen to the CDs in their car or in their home, from the various subjects that we speak about at Eagle Heart Fellowship here in Independence, Missouri, they testify that as they listened, there was an impartational anointing that suddenly became part of them. The Lord touched them through the Word and healing or deliverance or some sort of freedom or faith was birthed in them to go evangelize. So this is one of the reasons why we record the services at Eagle Heart Fellowship and we put them on video to make them available for free unto the nations and also the CDs we love to make those available as well. So with no further ado, let us get into 12 supernatural healing vehicles. From where? The book. The book. God's Word. The B-I-B-L-E. The basic instructions before leaving earth. Everything you and I need for life and godliness is found in Christ Jesus through the words of His book. It is His story. Amen? Amen? Twelve supernatural healing vehicles from God's Word. Uh, I want to share this with you. A vehicle is something that transports. It transports something such as a person. Your automobile may transport you. Your automobile may transport your children. It may transport your groceries home, which would be provision for your house. It may transport other things such as ideas. Vehicles can transport goods, ideas, services. The internet is a vehicle. Some people are viewing this message right now online, on video, on the internet. And the Word of God is being transported through the World Wide Web. A compact disc or an MP3 might transport that word. Transport vehicles are numerous in scriptures that God uses to carry His healing virtue, His healing power, His miracle working power, His life changing power, His soul saving power into the earth. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. How does faith come? It comes by hearing the Word spoken. 
through a vehicle of a person's voice, through a vehicle of the internet, a compact disc, an MP3 player. They might receive it on video. These are all vehicles whereby God's Word, His power, His presence, His healing, His miracle working, His delivering power is released through these vehicles. Mm -hmm. And sometimes God is not moving through one vehicle, He's moving through another. And so this is not a formula where we do this, this, and this and get our healing like a slot machine. This is a relationship-based Christianity where we walk with Him and we talk with Him and hear His voice. My sheep hear my voice and another they will not follow. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the mature sons of God. The key to releasing and unleashing the miraculous is found in John chapter 2, verse 5. John chapter 2, verse 5. And it's summed up by the mother of Jesus. The mother of Jesus. She tells the disciples when they're at the wedding of Cana, the first miracle that's ever released is the law of first mention. The first time something is mentioned in Scripture, we refer to it theologically as the law of first mention, meaning the first time it's mentioned, it's important. And we'll see a pattern off the law of first mention. Well, the first miracle that the Son of God, Jesus, God in the flesh, does in the earth is at a wedding feast, and He turns water into grape juice. Oh, no, no, water into wine. Let's not get on that sacred cow. Okay, so here's what happens. What happens is this. Jesus says, woman, verse 4, John chapter 2, verse 4, Jesus said to her, woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. She ignores the Son of God. And she says unto the servants, whatsoever Jesus says unto you to do, do it. That's the key to releasing and unleashing the miraculous in and through your life unto other people is hearing the voice of God and doing what He says. Nike, they, they, they knocked it off from Jesus. They made a multi-billion dollar company by saying, just do it. Well, guess what? I believe they got it from John chapter 2, verse 5, from Mary. And if you'll just do what Jesus says in His Word that He quickens you to as you read and makes the Scripture alive and you begin to activate or apply the healing vehicles within the Word of God, the power of God will be released because the power is in the vehicle that He's chosen at that moment. I'll give you an illustration. Have you ever been somewhere and you're waiting for someone to show up in an automobile? And many automobiles are coming up. They might be valet parking and you're waiting for the person that's being carried in that vehicle to pop out of the car. And you're there, you're waiting, you're waiting. Oh, here comes a car. It looks like theirs. Oh, it's not their car. It's not them. They're not in that vehicle. Now you don't say, well, they didn't show up in that vehicle. I guess we're done. You wait for the vehicle that they're in. And when we seek the Lord for healing or deliverance or peace, we have to connect with Him through the vehicle that He's bringing that to us through. Hmm. Now, He's sovereign. He can do anything He wants, but for whatever reason, I think it's because He loves relationship, He desires that we seek Him. And sometimes, 
God will even hide for us, hide from us, as we see in the Song of Solomon. He'll hide his face from us, not because he doesn't love us, but he wants to know how much we want him. This is relationship-based Christianity, which we might call biblical Christianity. Biblical. <coughs> the law of first mention, when God comes down and meets with man in the Garden of Eden in the book of Genesis, he came down to walk with Adam in the cool of the day. Walk and talk with him. God desires fellowship. Say fellowship. Fellowship. Fellowship, yes. We are called to fellowship with God, to be friends with God, and to release that connectivity of relationship unto those around us. A friend of mine once said, thank you so much. This Christianity thing is really simple. He says, somebody introduces you to Jesus, you get to know Jesus, you go find your friends that don't know Jesus, and you introduce them to Jesus so they can be friends with Jesus. He says, we made it too difficult. This whole thing's about friendship with God. Because God's not angry with anybody. He put Jesus on the cross in our behalf to satisfy the anger of sin, and He's now reconciling the world back unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses against them, but beseeching them in behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. When we see people that don't know Jesus, we are the healing vehicle that He's flowing through. We may be the only Bible that someone will read. May it be a pure enough translation that they can see Jesus. We're called to be His representatives, which means we are to represent Him. Not just some doctrine, not just some dogma, not just some pet denominational idea or creed, but Him. The Pharisees and the Sadducees in the book of Acts knew that these ignorant and untrained men called the disciples had been with Jesus. Because the same stuff that Jesus did, they were now doing. By association, the power of God is released into your life. The character of Christ is released into your life by spending time in the Word because the Word reveals who He is. And then the Word supernaturally becomes part of you and me. And Jesus is the Word made flesh. And when we allow Him to saturate us and to permeate us, He'll then begin to guide us on what healing vehicle to release to meet the needs of those around us that he's desiring to send a vehicle where they've been waiting for him to arrive and he shows up through you and me. The 12 healing vehicles from God's word. We talked about unleashing the miraculous. The key is in John 2, 5. Whatever Jesus says to you to do, (coughs) simply do it. And if you'll do it, he'll do it. Because he'll take what you do in the natural and he'll add his super to it and it will become super natural. The 12 healing vehicles from God's Word. The first one is the laying on of hands. The second one is the prayer of agreement where two agree is touching anything on earth. It shall be done for them 
by their Father which is in heaven. The third one is where we call for the elders of the church, praying over them in the name of the Lord, anointing with oil and the prayer offered in faith shall raise the sick man up. The fourth one is prayer and fasting. For this type of miracle only comes forth by prayer and fasting, or should I say the unbelief that's in us that keeps us from the miracle comes out when we pray and fast. The fifth one is praying for others actually releases healing for us. You don't have to be healed to go heal others in the name of Jesus because it's Him who does the work. You could have a broken down car and still carry somebody from one location to another. Your body doesn't have to be in perfect shape for you to carry the healing power of God unto somebody else. I believe it was Oral Roberts one day, a great healing evangelist, that was sick as a dog. And he said, Lord, you know, I, I pray for the sick. I, 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 I obey your word. I can't seem to get healed. The Lord said, go to the hospital and begin to pray for the sick. He said, Lord, I can hardly even get out of bed. And I don't want to take sickness into the hospital. The Lord says, as you go and heal others, the healing power will come on you. Wow. So he went to the hospital and he began to pray for the sick with the gift that God had given him. He was the vehicle and he began to lay hands on the sick. And after he'd laid hands on the fourth or fifth person, he found out he was healed. Hallelujah. See, you can get healed by sowing seed for praying for others to be healed. Good. Amen? You can see your family saved by going out and evangelizing other people's family members and you'll reap what you've sown. Hallelujah. You can get delivered by going and ministering deliverance unto other people. Do you see how this works? Yeah. Seed plus time equals harvest. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows that he shall also reap. It includes healing. Yeah. The sixth thing is speaking to the sickness. You can curse cancer. You can curse disease. You can command sickness to dry up and to die in the name of Jesus. The seventh thing is prayer cloths or handkerchiefs that you can pray over and you can send them in the mail to somebody or you can put them in somebody's pillow. You know, I've heard a number of stories where people will pray. They'll put a prayer cloth on the preacher's you know, inside of his coat while he's preaching and that anointing comes on the preacher. I'm talking about an anointed preacher. I'm not talking about some six-foot icicle that stands up before the congregation with shiny shoes, slick hair, where his word doesn't go past the third pew and he's putting people to sleep while he talks. I'm talking about somebody who knows the Lord, been in relationship, been in prayer and fasting and has the anointing of God on them and there's an impartation that takes place into the prayer cloth, the handkerchief, the apron, whatever you would have and it gets on and then the person comes up and says, could I get my handkerchief back? Could I get that piece of cloth back? Oh, oh yeah, here it is. And they take it home and they put it under their loved one's bed, their pillow. They might sneak it in the pillow. You might think that's sneaky. Well, guess what? The devil's been pretty sneaky too. Yeah, yeah. He snuck some stuff through the internet to our children. He did it at school. We need to go ahead and uh, forget the Queensberry rules. Because he's not playing by them. And we need to get into the Word of God and play by these rules. And if there's a healing vehicle where we can use it, let's go ahead and utilize what God has put in our hands so we don't have a toolbox that's not being used. We're trying to work with a Phillips head to build a house when we've got an entire tool shed of things and we could build a skyscraper if we wanted to because God has always given us all the tools we need for everything we're assigned to. Anyway, handkerchiefs and aprons, what happens is when a person gets that in their pillow, 
alcoholic husbands have been instantly delivered because the woman is praying and fasting. She has other people praying and fasting and then she utilizes the tool of a handkerchief or an apron and puts it in the pillowcase and that person tosses and turns and all of a sudden that alcoholic demon comes out of them because of the anointing of the living God and they get saved. Suddenly they wake up in a dream. They've heard the gospel a number of times. They've seen the gospel through the lifestyle of the person. But now, the presence of God begins to convict them. And that demon comes out. Now they've got freedom to make a choice for Jesus. Whatever He says to you to do, simply do it. Are you hearing His voice and are you obeying? Or are you just wearing a pair of Nikes thinking you are? Vehicle from God's Word tonight that we're going to talk about is the gifts of healing. The gifts of healing are different than the laying on of hands. When the gifts of healing are in operation, I'm going to tell you something. I, I, like, I was in San Diego. The gifts of healing were in operation. There's a difference between when you lay hands on versus when the gifts are in operation. Okay. The gifts cause instantaneous things to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I remember we were in the service. It started off slow. I called someone up to sing a cappella. The presence of God came. People began to weep. I called another person up because I believe in team ministry. Mm-hmm. And I'd never ministered with these people before in my life, but the Spirit of God showed me that if you'll bring that person up, I'll flow through them because they're my vessel or vehicle tonight to bring in the presence and the anointing. Mm-hmm. We've got to catch the voice of God, recognize it, obey it, and not be afraid to step out on faith. Amen. Amen. And the first person came up and she spoke in fluent Hebrew, then translated into English, and then broke out into a cappella song, and people were weeping. Wow. I looked in the back, I knew this other person had a worship leader gift, and I called her forward and I said, Would you do me a favor? and play something on the guitar. I didn't tell her what to play because she has her own gift. She's a vessel of honor ready for the master's use right there, prepared unto every good work. And she came forward and she began to play the guitar and oh my gosh, the presence of God fell. And then there was a, a person that was a co-minister with her. I called her up and I said, be led by the Spirit if you get a prophetic word. And she started to minister to people one-on-one in personal prophecy and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit came on me and I began to take authority over deferred hope and some other things and I pointed at a person on the front row. It was a woman. And the power of God hit her. She doubled over, fell out under the power. I didn't know it was the pastor's daughter. I didn't know until after the service. And I went over and that thing broke out of her that she'd been struggling with. And she was set free and then it was on like Donkey Kong. Okay. <laughs> then the gifts of healing were in operation and then the word of knowledge started to operate and everybody we laid hands on, the power of God was instant. And it got Holy Ghost pandemonium in there. And it was an effortless anointing. It's no longer rowing the boat to get across the waters. The sails are up and the wind has come. And you are now riding effortlessly on the wings of worship. You're riding effortlessly on the wings of His anointing as His presence comes in. There was a woman who came to me uh, that had been healed of fibromyalgia in the service and she said, "Oh, I actually, I saw her. I saw her at the end of the service and I said, there's something wrong with your gait. I said, the Lord wants to continue to heal. And she said, well, I fell on the ice. And I thought, we're in San Diego. Where did they get ice? 
Anyway, evidently it had been cold there. She fell on the ice. She injured her hip. And so I, I, I grabbed another woman. I said, well, put your hand on her. I need, your, I need to borrow your hand because that's an appropriate thing to do. So I put her in and I just commanded the hip to be healed. And instantly, because the gifts of healing were in operation, the wind had come and picked the, the boat and was carrying it effortlessly across the water. Sometimes we got to row. Sometimes we got to do some work. But when He comes, it's His work flowing through us. Remember, we're the hose. He's the water. They're not looking for the hose. They're looking for the water to be refreshed. The donkey carries the Messiah. He was the vehicle that carried the Messiah into Jerusalem when they said, Hosanna in the highest. But remember this. If you walk in without the Messiah, with all due respect, nobody's trying to see a donkey. But when you've got the Messiah on you, on your shoulders... They want to see Him. But never get it confused. Yeah. It's Him that they're looking for. Awesome. Not you. Not your, your fancy haircut or your suit yeah. or your personality or your charisma. They want Him. And we need to represent Jesus. We need to be a vehicle to let the Master out of the car because it's His day to touch His people. Amen. Anyway, and I said, she said, well, I, I injured my elbow. And because of the gifts of healing were operation, I just simply touched her elbow and I said be healed and instantly she was healed she says my shoulder and uh, no it was a knee and so I, I laid hands on her knee I said be healed you just literally wipe you just literally wipe your hand across and say in the name of Jesus when the gifts are healing or an operation like that and instantly her knee and she said to me she said well I'd injured my hip my elbow and my knee she says but I've got a knee injury on the other leg as well but that's from a few years ago I said it's your night and I literally wiped my hand across her left knee and instantly she was in. She said, my husband, he's got a hearing problem. And he was not completely deaf. And she said, he's been in the construction industry for many years. And he was in his 60s, I think. And she said, so he can hardly hear me. And I was wondering, I wonder if he's just faking it. Well, you know, some husbands don't really want to hear their wives. <laughs> That's a joke. Anyway, long story short, I put my fingers in his ears and I commanded the anvil, the hammer, and the stirrup to be made new in the name of Jesus. And I commanded the nerves to regrow right now. And I pulled my fingers out and I began to snap my fingers because the anointing was present. The gifts of healing were in operation. And... I said, what do you hear? And there was music still going on in the service. And he began to, oh, I hear a loud popping in my ears. And the wife says, oh, you've been healed. And he immediately responded to her and she was shocked because he could hear his wife. Wow. And they began to hug. Because in an instant, when the gifts of healing are in operation, it's effortless. We have to labor at times to enter into the rest. Sometimes we row the boat. Other times, it's effortless when His wind comes and He carries us across the waters to bring the provision to the people. Amen. Ninth healing vehicle the Lord uses from His Word is Word of Knowledge. Suddenly we just know something. It was toward the end of that service. We were closing about the fifth close of the service. The presence was so rich in there. The worship was so rich. Nobody wanted to leave. Everybody was just enamored because Jesus 
was flowing in the house. The angels were ministering unto those who were heirs of salvation. And we were trying to close out the service for about the fifth time. And God still wanted to do things and the people still wanted touches. And I said, I'm getting one last word of knowledge. And I said, there's somebody here with a wrist problem. And I thought to myself, you know, a wrist problem is really not that big of a deal unless you've got a wrist problem. And so a woman who had been healed of scoliosis, uh, a girl probably 22 maybe, um, she looked up. She had the sweetest spirit. And she looked up and she held up her wrist. And she says, that's me. Now she had already been healed of scoliosis. I'll just bet you that she was there thanking God for her healing from scoliosis. And she was saying, Lord, would you heal my wrist as well? And the Lord gave that word of knowledge in response to her prayer. And as I obeyed what I'd heard, see, we hear and obey and we do it and He manifested. She started to walk up because I had laid hands on her with the gifts of healing from the scoliosis issue and she'd been instantly healed. And so she came up to hand me her wrist and I said, I'm not going to lay hands on you. She looked at me. I thought, I thought you were. And I said, no. And I pointed to a woman. Later I found out was 23 years old. I said, would you simply point to this girl? And say, in the name of Jesus, you're going to pray for her to be healed. And she looked at me with, you know, a little bit of fear in her eyes. And uh, she said, uh, I said, you're well able because Jesus is with you. See, you're well able because it's Jesus that's doing the work. You're well able because you're a vehicle. All you have to do is show up and he'll do the rest. Amen? So here's what happened. I said, speak to the wrist. I said, in the name of Jesus. And she said... In, in, in the name of, of Jesus I said do it boldly in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Ghost and her boldness started to increase and the entire congregation as one man began to repeat this prayer behind her it was as if she was the head of a wedge spiritually and the entire body of Christ was behind her breaking through the ice and she said in the name of Jesus be, and I, she repeat, be healed and the girl looked, I said what are you feeling and she says I I feel electricity going through my... She says, oh, it's gotten hot. And she said, oh, I'm healed. And she smiled and her face and her countenance lit up. And the girl who'd been utilized as a healing vehicle by speaking his word, her faith level spiked up. She came to me after the service, the girl who had been utilized by the Lord as a vehicle to speak healing. And she said to me, she said, can I ask you a question? And I said, certainly. She said, why did you pick me? I said, the Lord highlighted you. He picked you. I didn't. I was just obeying what he was doing. See, we've got to work where he's working. Wherever he puts his hand, we need to join with him. Instead of saying, we're God, join with me as cosmic bellhop in the sky would you answer my prayer why don't we just find out where God's working because he's working in a lot of places and he's looking for someone to agree with him on the earth so it might be done in earth as it already is in heaven and she said to me she said you know when I was 18 years old she says somebody told me God was calling me into the healing ministry and I never responded 
I said, how old are you now? She said, I'm 23. I said, that's five years. I said, five's the number of grace. I said, God's giving you grace and calling you back into the healing ministry a second time. And she began to get teary-eyed. And you know, that spoken word infused her with faith because it was the Lord's word for her. You can't just say that to anybody because God's not doing that in everybody's life at that time. But it was a special release of grace. And she began to tear up. And she felt special before God because she was special. She's God's favorite. Just like you're God's favorite and you're God's favorite and you're God's favorite. And believe it or not, I'm God's favorite too. Because He would have died for any one of us alone. Jesus, hallelujah. He would have come just for you. Just for you. Jesus would have died. If there was just you, He would have done it. And He did it. That's exciting. Anyway, as we were leaving, we had to give this young man a ride home who'd been delivered from some demons on the front row. It was kind of funny because um, I was preaching or speaking from my iPad and I think I was teaching on the seven different kinds of voices and I kind of done a topical overview of them. And as I started to get into the first voice after I'd done an overview, I read it and it was dead. I mean, it was just dead. It was dead letter. There was no anointing on it. There was no presence. And so I read it a second time. It was dead. I just closed the iPad. I said, God is not on the iPad tonight in this message. And I said, Lord, what do you want to do? I said, let's just wait on the Lord. And that's when he told me to call those people up. And the whole atmosphere changed. Whatever he says to do, do it. Are you hearing his voice? And as we took that young man home who'd been delivered from demons, and when I closed the iPad, this man began to manifest demons, and he ran out. And a gal in San Diego with boldness, about 105 pounds, she went running out the door after him. She called him by name. She knew him. And she commanded those demons to be silent. And she commanded him to come back. And he came back in, and the demons would take over, and he'd run out the door, and she'd go right back after him. While the worship was going on, I went out. And this is kind of funny. I went out, and as I saw the person, I said, in the name of Jesus, and those demons just spoke out of it. Oh, brought the big gun with you this time. I said, in the name of Jesus, be silent. You, come back in here. Anyway, he ended up getting delivered of the demons. He got filled with the Spirit. And we ended up taking him home because he wanted his home prayed over. Oh, yeah. And when we stepped into the atmosphere of where he was living in San Diego, the atmosphere was so thick with darkness. I, I just felt for this young man. And before we went in the door, he said, David, he says, I thank God for what he's done tonight. And he just had such a precious spirit. And that when the demon was speaking through him, it was so foul and vile and filthy and reprobate. But when he got delivered, mm-hmm. he was such a precious young back into that environment. And we're standing outside. And he said, um, you know, I've got a, a knee problem. He said, could you, you think I could get prayer for my knee? I said, oh, sure. I said, you know, the anointing is just present. So I just literally, there was another person with me. There was a, a woman and her, her brother. And I laid hands and just commanded the knee and the muscles, joints, ligaments, and tendons to come back into the correct position, size, and this length. In Jesus' name. And he began to bounce around on He was instantly healed. And uh, we were getting ready to go in. And he said, could I get one more healing? 
I said, you can get whatever you want from the Lord. You have an open heaven over you right now. It was just Christmas in January for him. And uh, the other man who'd watched all the miracles take place, he had never prayed for anybody to be healed. He'd never laid hands on the sick before. And the Lord quickened me. Have him lay hands on See, it's all about equipping the saints for the work of ministry. It's not about big eyes and little U's. It's about every candle in the congregation to burn brighter. Amen. <laughs> so he literally looked at me with that kind of <laughs> little bit of <laughs> excuse me, fear in his eyes. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Morakashiribosa. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. Marakoshe. Jesus' name. Amen. And stay healed. Amen. Amen. So here's what happened. He lays hands on this young man, and I told him what to speak, and as he spoke, the young man instantly got healed. But see, the story doesn't end there. I just got a phone call last night. And the story goes on. This man's father, who has worshipped another deity, uh, whose name is Satan, um, was I had a chance to meet that man as well. Spoke into his life. And as they were going back to the airport, this young man, his father had a problem in his shoulder. And he told his son about it. And the son said, well, Dad... Mind if I lay hands on you and pray for you? Hmm. So a Christian is telling his Satan his father, wow. who understands the power of the demonic realm at a high level. And he says, well, you want to try. He laid hands on him and made the commands. Father didn't say anything. The son didn't say anything. He gets on the plane. The father calls the mother and says, when my son... When our son laid hands on me, I felt electricity go through my shoulder and I was instantly healed. And she's a Christian, the son's a Christian, and the daughter's a Christian, the father's a Satanist, and they're divorced. But Jesus never heals you without having a desire to also forgive you. This is why we need to bring the healing gospel to the ends of the earth. This is why Acts 10.38 says... God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power and He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. 1 John 3.8 For this cause was the Son of God made manifest. Why did Jesus come to the earth? 1 John 3.8 For this cause was the Son of God made manifest that He might destroy the works of the devil. He destroyed the works of the devil on the cross. Before he went to the cross, he demonstrated destroying the works of the devil, casting out demons with his word. He caused the blind to see, the lame to walk, the halt to jump up. The maimed got new arms on their bodies. The blind were restored. There was no lack when Jesus walked on the earth, and there was no lack when the disciples carried on the ministry of Jesus as those 12 healing vehicles. Mm -hmm. Peter, James, John, and the rest, the 12 disciples, mm -hmm. the apostles. He's calling you to carry the healing vehicles into the earth. 
There's no lack. Are you hearing? Are you obeying? If so, He'll confirm the word that you preach with signs and wonders following. Do you see the impact of a single service when we close the iPad? Because God was not on the iPad that night. A couple of weeks before, I preached that message on seven different kinds of voices. I think it was the week before in Arkansas, God was in the iPad that night. Okay. God showed up in a powerful way because He wanted to teach. But are we doing it because we did it? And we think we're going to take the day-old donuts and put them in the microwave and try to act like they're still manna hot off the press? Mm. Or are we going to do what God says that's God-breathed and the power of God confirms it? If He's not in that car, don't show up in that car. If He's not in that vehicle, don't bring that vehicle that night. Bring the one that He's bringing or bring the one that He's in and find out how He's moving that night. He may move through all of them, or He may only move through one. My word of encouragement tonight is this. If you don't connect with God through one vehicle that you're comfortable with and you have history with God with, ask Him to show you what He's flowing through or what He's traveling in. If you don't get healed one way, seek the Lord to find out if He's in a different vehicle because He wants to expand your knowledge of Him. He wants to expand your experience with Him. King David, when he was a shepherd boy, was going up against a Philistine giant from Gath named Goliath and they said, you're just a young little boy. Well, you're not, you can't do this. Go home, you little prideful. And he says, no, no, no. The same God, his focus was on God, who delivered me out of the paw of the lion when I was tending the sheep, and I smote him in the mouth with yeah. the anointing on my fist. Yeah. <laughs> and the same God who delivered me out of the paw of the bear will deliver me out of the hand of this uncircumcised Philistine this day and I will feed his head and his carcass unto the vultures. See, he had history with God. Through history, that man who laid hands on the young man who'd been delivered from demons gave him history with God to lay hands on his father, a Satanist in the car, and electricity went through and healed a man who worships a false god for 50 years of his life. Do you see the impact that it has? And now that father is asking about me. I think he calls me uh, the giant killer or something like that. I don't know what it is. or maybe. Anyway, there's some term that he, he was never moved by Christians because Christians are primarily, in America, powerless because they don't release the power of God. They talk about it, but they don't do the stuff. And so when I spoke with him, I talked with him real clear about hell. And he looked at me and his eyes were kind of big. But there was authority in my voice. Are you carrying the authority in your voice out of relationship? I'm not talking about beating somebody up with a bunch of scriptures. I'm not talking about being a Pharisee or a Sadducee or being an angry Christian. We are not to impute their trespasses against them. God was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself. 2 Corinthians 5. Now Christ is in you and is committed unto you the ministry of the word of reconciliation. We're not to impute. You don't have to run around telling people they're sinners. They already know. Before you got saved, you knew you were a sinner. Yeah. You knew. Big time. And you might have said you weren't, but deep down you knew. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And when you got around Christians, there were certain Christians you got around, you felt the love of God and no judgment. Sure did. And you got around other Christians, 
And it was like they'd been baptized in lemon juice. You felt judged. They were like, touch not, taste not, you know. Don't smoke, don't drink, don't chew, don't go with girls who do. You know, you're one of those. And it's like, you get around them, you're like, you just feel this religious judgment. But Jesus was never that way. He hung out with tax collectors and sinners. He didn't do what they did, but He went amongst them and released the love and the power of God, not imputing their trespasses against Him. You're a vehicle. You're a vessel to carry the healing power of God. The eleventh, or the tenth thing is the faith of others. Do you remember when the man who was on the uh, bed, sick of the palsy, and they carried him, four men carried him, and they took him to the house where Jesus was at, and they couldn't get in. Because the religious folks were blocking the way to Jesus. They weren't trying to get anything from Jesus. They were just trying to listen in. But they were blocking the way from the man who was really wanting to get to Jesus. Sometimes when you come into a church to get healed, you've got to get through some religious folks. Just to get to the healing power of God. And they couldn't get in. But the four men, they pulled the tiles off the roof in Luke chapter 5. And they lowered the man down on the bed in front of Jesus. And he says, son, your sins are forgiven on you. And boy, the Pharisees and the doctors of the law, they got upset about this. Who can forgive sins except God Himself? And Jesus says, so that you know that I have authority to forgive sins, which is easier to say. Your sins forgiven you or rise up and walk. But so that you might know. Rise up and walk. And instantly the man was made whole. And they were perplexed at what they'd seen. What's interesting is this. Luke 5.17 says, And the power of the Lord was present to heal them, talking about the Pharisees and the doctors of the law, the scribes, but none of them got healed. See, they missed the healing flow of God. They missed it. The healing anointing was present for them, Luke 5.17, but none of them got it. Instead, they allowed their theology, their ideology, what are people going to say if I receive Jesus? They missed the move of God. Yet they saw it right in front of their eyes. And how did this man get healed? The faith of others that carried him to the service. Your faith can get other people healed. People say to me, well, I don't really have faith. You know, that's okay. I've got faith for both of us. I just look at them like that. You know why? Because how much faith does it take to get somebody healed? If you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. Notice he didn't say how much faith you have to have to get healed. He talked about how little it is for something to happen with God. You know, when something's nuclear, you don't have to have a lot of it. But what's more nuclear than God's power activated by faith? It's not how much faith you have, it's whether you have it or not. Isn't that interesting? When that man laid hands on a Satanist father, he didn't have great faith, he just did it because he'd done it the night before. And he tried it again, and God did it. Will you just go do it? Just do it. If you just do it, God will do it. In Mark 6.56, they reached out to touch the hem of His garment, and as many as touched Him were made whole. You know, sometimes you're waiting for Jesus to touch you. Sometimes you've got to reach out and touch Him. There's an old song, Pass me not, O gentle Savior, but hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, 
Do not pass me by. I'm calling Savior, Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. And that's a great song, but I believe there are times instead of us waiting on Jesus, He's moving in a different way. The healing vehicle is your own faith to reach out and touch the hem of His garment instead of waiting for Him to come to you. There was a man who was a healing evangelist, he still is, reached millions of people with the gospel. He was sharing that one time he was in a, in a, in a, in a healing service, about 12,000 people there. There was a woman in a wheelchair and she kept moving around trying to get up out of the wheelchair and she was strapped in. And he says, I'm not praying for the sick yet. We'll get to that. We'll get to that, right? And he kept speaking to her in English and told her to calm down because he wanted to finish his healing message. What he didn't understand was she only spoke Spanish and he was speaking English. She didn't understand any English. And finally the Holy Spirit stopped him and said, she's reaching out to touch me. And he stopped. He says, unstrap her. I've made an error. He says, go ahead. And they unstrapped her and instantly she got up and began to walk. See, she didn't hear any of his message. But she wanted to get healed so bad she was reaching out to touch Jesus. And Holy Ghost pandemonium broke out. He never finished his healing message. The power of God hit and popcorn miracle started. He had to do the altar call at the end of the service after all the healings were done. See, sometimes it's not your agenda or program that God is interested in. I mean, we plan, we, we, we set up an itinerary, we do things, but sometimes you got to... God's not in the iPad. You've got to move a different direction because He leads us and He guides us. Amen? The twelfth thing is this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So when we do Matthew 6.33, and we simply seek first the kingdom of God, not healing, but the healer. Not deliverance, but the deliverer. Not prosperity, but the one who provides. Amen. Not marriage restoration, but the one who restores marriages. Amen. Not job promotion, but the one who exalts those who've humbled themselves. Amen. When we seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you and we'll sing hallelujah hallelujah 12 supernatural healing vehicles from God's word you can go online you can get the booklet in fact I believe it's available right now for free along with others we like to make resource materials available at no cost or at low cost and if you want to help forward and further the kingdom, you can make a donation online. It's not required. But sometimes God will move on you that way. Thank you. Let's pray tonight that God touches you
through the CD, through the video, and in this service. The supernatural healing vehicles from your word. And we pray that you would begin to walk with us and talk with us. That we could hear your voice so clearly that as we step out on faith, you would manifest your glory. Even as you did in your word, even as you do through modern day miracles when we simply obey you. And so tonight, we pray in the name of Jesus under the sound of my voice right now. Every sickness and every dis-ease we eradicate it right now with the word of the Lord. We speak healing and wholeness to you right now. We speak clarity of vision. I come against torment. Now see the gifts of the Spirit are starting to operate. See, we started off paddling the boat, but now the wind is coming. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You notice how my cough didn't come back either. Praise the Lord. We prayed in agreement and healing suddenly laid hold by the anointing. Spirit of torment that's come in the dreams right now. I bind and break your power. Sleeplessness, insomnia, I break your power. Spirit of fear, I name you witchcraft. And you who dabbled in the occult, you're wondering whether or not Jesus would accept you back or if He would even answer your prayer. You operated in a vertical reality dealing in second heaven spirits that are not of God. And you've had more power than most Christians that you've come across. But today, you've been arrested in your thinking. And you know that the one true God died for you on a cross. He was buried in a tomb. And on the third day, He was raised from the dead. And He sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding in prayer for you. And I declare your prayer answered today to demonstrate the love of God. While we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you and He would have come for you and you alone. Be free today from the torment and the bondage in Jesus' name. And those other things will just fall off of you in the days ahead. The things that you've never had power over. You're just not even going to have a desire to dabble in them, participate in them, or reach out to them anymore. Because they used to come to reach out to you. But they're bound for a season with a hedge of protection about you. And they literally come and bounce off like a birdwood glass. You might hear them, but you won't see them anymore. And their power is broken over your life right now. In Jesus' name, there's a lower back right in here that's being healed. There's a disc. And L4 and L5, I command you to go back into your correct positions and be healed and whole right now. I declare the leg to grow back. There it goes. The leg to grow back into its proper function right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' high and holy name. And there has been partial deafness. Tonight, you heard the word of the Lord about another man. And I speak in your ears right now. Anvil, hammer, stirrup, be made whole by the power of the Holy Ghost. Nerves, I command you to grow back. And I say, Ephathatha, be opened in Jesus' name. 
be open. There they go. In Jesus' name, be healed and made whole. You're going to hear things you haven't heard in a long time. You're going to wonder why things are louder. There's like a, a person that has headphones on, talks louder because they're listening to music. You're going to think, why are people suddenly talking so loud? God's healed you. Go tell others about your healing. Go tell others about Jesus Christ. There's a knee that's being healed right now. In the name of Jesus. An elbow in Jesus' name. An elbow in Jesus' name. And yeah, you're saying to yourself, I sure hope He calls out that shoulder. God has already healed it. If you'll just move it, you're going to find out He did it before I spoke because He's the Messiah. He's the water that's flowing into your life. And He loves to set the captives free. He loves to restore sight to the blind. He loves to put your feet back on solid ground. There's been a man who's been out of work. God is rectifying that. And because of a healing that's happening in your body right now, you're going to be able to go back. And God's restoring unto you the years that the canker worm, the locust, the palmer worm, and the caterpillar have eaten out of your life. You will eat in plenty and never be ashamed again. I break off the spirit of shame right now. I break off with the Word of God the spirit of shame and we release the healing, saving, delivering, miracle working power of God through the vehicle of audio and video to you in the name of Jesus. Simply tell Him thank you. And for those who have already experienced a complete healing, get up and dance before him. Do something crazy. If you were at a football game spending $100 a ticket, you'd be crazy at the NFL. Why don't you do something to demonstrate how exuberant you are for Jesus? David danced in his underwear before the ark of the Lord. The religious folks got angry at him. Even his own wife called him like he was a vile fellow. He said, I'll be even more crazy than this. When you get crazy for Jesus, I'm not talking about being weird. We love manifestation without weirdness. Although David dancing in his underwear might have been weird to some people, it was beautiful to God. Read the scriptures yourself. Google it. God speaks three ways. The Word, the Spirit, and Google. Well, the devil speaks through Google too. But my point is this. Search the scriptures to see if these things are so. And find out what vehicle the Master's coming in on. And greet Him as that vehicle arrives. And be the vehicle to carry Him into the earth. Represent Jesus. Represent Him to those around you in the workplace. If He tells you to write a note just to encourage a person in the cube next to you at work, if He encourages you to give somebody a $20 bill because you know they need money for gas. It's not just the money for gas or for groceries that touches their life. That's, that's the manifestation, the love of God that says, Jesus heard my prayer. 
God heard my prayer. And the love of God is released through that tangible gift that you give to that person who's in need. You don't have to tell anybody about it. Don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. But when they come back, they'll want to know more about the God you serve. Why? Because they see Him represented in and through your vehicle. Lord Jesus, we ask that You would open our ears to hear Your voice. We thank You for Your Word in John 10, 27 that says, My sheep hear My voice, and another they will not follow. And they know Me, and I know them. We're intimate together. We walk together in relationship. I declare right now, divine alignment. I declare your spirit comes to the forefront of your life. Your soul lines up behind your spirit and your body lines up behind your soul. I declare triple alignment. Spirit, soul, and body. No longer will your body reign and rule. No longer will your soul be in the number one position. But your spirit comes forward now. I command it right now in the name of Jesus as God would have it for you to live the full blessing of Christ, hearing His voice, as many as are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons and daughters of God that He can trust with the stuff. That they'll share it with the people He's sending you as a vessel, a vehicle of honor to go release. His provision, His healing, His deliverance, His love, and His joy into the lives of those around you. Receive a fresh impartation today and I declare the ears are tuned to hear the voice. Put pen and paper by your bed because the dreams of the night are coming. And as you're faithful to write them down in the wee hours of the night, He'll give you interpretation. Even as you go back to sleep, you will rise with interpretation. You'll suddenly know. Don't look at your phone first in the morning. Don't look at your emails. Don't look at your text messages. Don't jump on Facebook. But seek the face of God. You want Facebook? It's right here. Seek His face in this book. It's time to friend Jesus. It's time to get an audience of one. And He'll send you to the audience of many with His love. I declare the Isaiah 50 verse 4. He's given you the tongue of the learned that you might know how to speak a word in season unto him who's weary. The Isaiah 58. He'll tell you by His voice, here's the way, walk ye in it. He will continually guide you. We declare it now. In the name of Jesus. He's still flowing. Just spend some time alone with Him. God bless you. He loves you so much. He died for you alone. You're His favorite. God bless you.
Amen. teaching by David Herabedian. For additional resource material, visit the shop link at davidherabedian.com.